life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Hello and welcome. I'm Jillian Moss-Backman, and I hope you're having a good day so far. It's been raining where I'm at the last couple days, so I'm looking for a little sunshine and just some time to get outside. Wow, we are wrapping up the series of serial killers in spirituality, and I hope you've been following along because it's just been a freaking roller coaster ride. <laughs> In so many ways, you know, I love doing series because it takes an idea or a thought that we have and we're able to really pull it apart and examine all aspects of it. And I have to say, this one really threw me for a loop. I don't know how you all felt about it, but for me, it w- it took us to the highs and the lows because we were talking about evil, excuse me, evil and good and how they clash in the middle and find ourselves going back and forth like a ping pong ball between the bad stories and the triumphant spirituality and lightness in the end. But I closed out the series last week with an interview with Jeff Mudgett. Now, for those of you that missed that show, I'm going to fill you in on what happened and the behind-the-scenes things that you all didn't see because, of course, we're on radio. I was all set up, as I always am, every week, and I really take some quiet time before I get on just to get clear of what I'm going to talk about with our guest and make sure that we get everything we need to have covered. So actually, I expanded last week's show to an hour long, and I wasn't really sure why I did that. Now, after what happened, I guess I understand it. It turned out to be a very odd day from the get-go last Thursday when I was quietly going over my notes and just getting everything aligned in my head, I felt this really nasty, ominous presence. But it was only on the right side of me. So I was in my office, and the right side felt like it just had pure evil. Now, I'm sure some of you have felt that, and if you haven't felt that energy, we talk about it all the time. But you know that feeling when you get around somebody and they just don't feel good to you and... It just feels like they might have secrets. They're just not nice people, and you can feel some kind of energy coming off them. And you just feel kind of creepy in your skin. Well, that's the way I felt last Thursday. So on the right side of me, I had this really creepy, dark energy. And then on the left side of me, I felt this really light, angelic presence. And I could feel the essence of where it was coming from. And so I felt like I was sandwiched in between 
this energy that was pushing against each other all morning long. So when it came time to do the show, I wasn't unnerved. I was more annoyed with it because it's like if it's not hard enough to do a live show all by yourself and conduct an interview, then I had this energy inside the room which came to play with us last Thursday, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that, but it was just distracting for me. Well, so if you didn't listen to that show, you need to go back because here's what happened. I was doing my introduction of stuff I usually do, like your, like the regular way I run my show every week. Well, like eight minutes in, I'm looking at my studio board that has all the callers on it and everything and the music that's going on. And the guest, Jeff Mudgett, who is an author of this book called Bloodstain, and he's also the great-great-grandson of the very first serial killer in America, and his name is H.H. Holmes. Well, he had been sitting on that board the whole time, and then the minute I went to go on to click on his mic, he disappeared. And all heck broke loose from there. So the show from like eight minutes to like 16 minutes is just this strange compilation of backstory that's going on. So I'm trying to get him back on. And while he's doing that, this for me, the studio board is just working fine. So I start talking about H.H. H. Holmes and what he is known for as a serial killer, and I start talking about him in good and evil and just talking about my thoughts on what evil in the human essence means and how it portrays itself in our daily lives. Well, about 14 minutes in, some crazy stuff starts showing up on that. I had no idea what was going on. And finally, I can, and then my studio went blank. I had to get to another computer. And I put music in there that I always play. Well, when I went back to re-listen to it, and I got a hold of Jeff around 16 minutes into the show, and he said that it was the best introduction he's ever heard about H.H. Holmes. So I wanted to go back and listen to the show, which I always do. It's not there. (laughs) I kid you not. If you go back in from eight minutes to 16 minutes in that show, they're static. And then there's music in there that's not even my music. You know, I use the same music every week. And there's not music from my show in there. And if you go even further, now what's being investigated is what's called an EVP. And I don't know if you know this world. In the ghost world, it's called electronic voice phenomenon. And at the very end of that snippet, around 14 minutes in, there is some strange noises that are coming through, and they sound like male angry voices, quite frankly. So if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing, I left it the uncut version. So if you don't want to listen to that, just fast forward to about 16 minutes in 
where Jeff and I reconnect. But he comes back on air and tells everybody what a good introduction did, and it's not there. So I'm not going to finish and do that introduction again, but if you want to listen to it and come to your own conclusions, go back to Change Already with Jillian on Blog Talk Radio. It was last Thursday's show with Jeff Mudgett. Or you can find all of the series that I'm going to be posting now that we're finished on my website at JillianMossBackman.com. You know, I know a lot of people love those ghost stories, and there's tons of shows out there about it, but not in my wildest dreams. Even though I was agitated in the after in the morning before the show, I really didn't put together that the show would go off its wheels. And then after we got back in line and Jeff and I were able to communicate effectively over the Internet, the show is just awesome. We talk about evil. We talk about good and bad. We talk about awakened souls. And most importantly, we talk about just feelings, about being the great-great-grandson of this horrific spiritual lineage that he has in American history, which he didn't find out till he was older. And in that show, there were some things that we really hit upon that I want to come full circle with. I was getting a lot of negative comments about doing a series like this with serial killers and spirituality and putting them together in one But if you think about it, it's the epitome of good and evil. And a lot of people, I believe, have a lot of trouble, including myself for a long, long time, that we don't even want to assume the position that we have evil things that happen in the world. And in this case, we were talking about killing, but unfortunately... We have dark and light. The system is set up to have this constant battle between dark and light and good and evil. And in Jeff's case and Scott's case and in Diane's case, when they were all talking about serial killers, they were talking about the most egregious killers and evil that one could even think about. To kill one person is one thing, but to continuously do it takes a different kind of human being. And in Jeff's book, Bloodstains, he recalls a statement that H.H. Holmes, which is the man he's talking about in his book, gives reference to saying that he was born evil and that he was bound and determined to live the rest of his life in this evil space. We started talking about how does one get over the essence of living in a lineage of evilness? And how do we break through from this great evil over to a spiritual life or an awakened life? He talked about towards the end of that, once we got everything reestablished, that he really wasn't a spiritual human being until he started going to these places in this haunted place that he called that he called his killing mansion in Chicago 
that he could feel the energy of darkness and he could understand that, yes, there is evilness and, yes, we need something to tether ourselves to to believe in all goodness. Even when evil is upon us, there's that evilness versus goodness and we always believe in the goodness side. I enjoyed Reverend Shuley when he started talking about redemption and how we all can get to that place of redemption. But the part I want to focus in on today, and then we'll close that series, I talked to Jeff about regenerational healing. And generational healing is exactly what you think it is. So many spiritual teachers are constantly pounding our heads and telling us that we should concentrate on healing ourselves all the time, which is always a really good place to start. But the problem with that is that there's a lot of residualist woundedness that we also have to heal. And in some special way, by doing the healing that Jeff was doing on his own, he forgot and didn't understand that he was also doing what I call generational healing as well. In that, I talked about how the word addiction, let's say generations and generations of your family come from addicts. And you're the one that has to break that cycle of addiction or anything that has a negative undertone to it. You do the work. You really get clean. You, do, you start living your life as a calm and centered, awakened person. The part that people don't miss, that people miss, is that by doing that, it has a rubber band effect that I talked about last week. By letting go of all of that, it has an accordion effect, meaning all the energy that was built up to this crowning moment where you're able to break the cycle now is able to transform itself from the darker side to the light side. You don't have to do a lot of work for doing it. You just have to understand there's greater lessons that are camouflaged and concealed in these kind of addictive things and in Jeff's case, the serial killer fact that can be healed if we just allow ourselves the opportunity to let go of all of that and focus in on forgiveness and healing the generations back. It's like a spiritual maze. Think of it like that. And that once you let go of it, the trail goes right back to the middle and center of light. The generational energy will keep healing itself going back, going back, going back. It'll go past our generation to the generation before, and in Jeff's case, three generations back. That evil chain will be broken and exposed, and it will begin its own healing in this lifetime. Please don't be offended by what I'm going to say, but so many people nowadays are busy healing their past lives and doing the work back, 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 beyond this life. But what they're not getting 
is that if you concentrate on the work that we're all supposed to do in this lifetime, there'll be no need at some point in the future generations as we go. They may not even have to journey back into healing their past lives because the unfinished business will already be finished from what the work that we're doing in this lifetime. I think we've learned and lost the idea of cleaning up the stuff we have in front of us in this life because we can always clean it up in the past life if you believe in that reality. So by Jeff and all the rest of the things, son of Sam, son of Hope, at some level, they're closing that chapter. They're closing that spiritual um, woundedness and evilness from the acts that they've committed or committed in the 1800s, as in Jeff's great-great-grandfather's position. By cleaning up the mess here, we're maybe will be doing a better service for those in the future. After the break, I want to talk about the next series I'm hosting in July for nonprofits. So join me after the break, and we'll talk about the series that I'm hosting in July. for more? Welcome back. Here's your host, Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude.
Welcome back to Change Already. Before the break, I was attempting to wrap up my thoughts and the things that stuck out with my series, Serial Killers and Spirituality. What you don't know is when I'm doing a series, I'm taking notes and lots and lots of notes of the conversations that I'm having on air, asking questions, thinking, and taking in everything the guests have to say, and then taking notes, and hopefully towards the end of the series, I'm able to wrap it up. So when I get to the end, I have piles and piles of notes, and I try to get it in a half hour after the series because I really don't want to use much of the time that I have with my wonderful guest blabbing away about my own thoughts. So I hope that you uh, appreciate the roundup or wrap-up of what I had of the series. But if you really want to go back and listen to what the guests said, which I can say they were very articulate on the subject and had very good opinions and thoughts on spirituality and how it all works together with serial killers, I think the main theme was we should all be learning from these evil people that uh, have left these horrible legacies for us to remember forever, but not to stop in the middle and to appreciate and learn from these people and hopefully we can stop in their tracks or at least try to comprehend in our mind how someone could be that evil and choose evil over spirituality is probably the hardest question we will always be asking with unanswered questions till we get back home, I suppose. The month of July, I'm turning over to all of you. I love being on the radio, but I love more listening to people's stories and their own calls of duty, of destiny in their lives. And a lot of you have a lot of good causes out there. You know, most causes uh, come from an, an event or a tragic or something that you've been involved in that has a calling to you and that you have a deep compassion and passion to help others in the same situation. And a lot of times nowadays, the media only covers the big heavyweights. You know what I'm talking about the ones that have lots of money and have a lot of media presence, and they're the ones that seem to get focused on the most. And those smaller nonprofit organizations that either don't have the opportunity to be on large media coverage or they don't have the budget to advertise the way they can to keep their own doors open and keep the cause moving. So I thought it would be a good idea if I turned over the series in July to four different smaller nonprofit organizations that may need a little boost of publicity for their own cause to keep it moving. So here's how the contest works. And I'm calling it a contest, but it's really not a contest. It's just an entryway to figure out what four we're going to highlight. I came up with four different categories that I thought covered mostly everything out there of the nonprofit organizations that I took a look at. So the first one is medical. And these are causes that are associated with any kind of ailment 
out there. You know, there's all sorts of kind of ailments or diseases that are more obscure than others that need just as much attention. And I want to include all physical, emotional, or mental causes in this category as well. And then the second one is social. Now, these are causes that have, obviously, a social element to them. It could be anything like saving the rainforest or building a new shelter for the homeless. Anything that has a social cause or an undertone of a social thing that we need to be aware of or something that needs more attention on the social level. Now, the third category is children. Now, this is pretty broad because it can be a social or medical or anything that involves the wellness of children in any way. You know, when you start talking about children, we all get a little gooey in our in our minds and we have a tendency to really feel bad for them. But this is a way that we can add to the causes and the the social things that need our attention for our children. You know, we can't help all of them, but we certainly can help a small portion through the nonprofit organizations that are out there doing the good work. And then the last one is the arts. And, of course, that's pretty self-explanatory. The arts can include any one-time project. So if you've got a project out there that you want to highlight that is just a one-time thing or you're raising money to create something, you can do that, or even a long-standing program that needs extra help. You know, the arts seem to be fading back a lot in schools, and it is the first programs that seem to be cut in our school systems nowadays, and what a shame that is. My children are both involved in the arts in some way, And it just adds to a more rounded individual that can understand the world in a more creative way. So the four categories, again, are medical, social, children, and the arts. So what you first need to do is decide what category your nonprofit fits into. Now, there is a question, one or two of them might fit in certain categories, You can only enter into one, so pick one category that resonates with your program the best. What you want to do is put a submission in by June 15th for for the actual um, category. So you need to put the name of the category and then put a link or information on how we can get a hold of you if you are chosen to be on air. And so all the submissions have to be in by June 15th. Now, you can go to my Facebook page, which is JillianMossBackman.com, or you can go to, there's an open event page on Facebook as well. Now, some of you are not interested in actually posting on either one of those places. You can go ahead and send me an email So I will get it at Jillian, J-I-L-L-I-A-N, at JillianMossBackman.com, and that's J-I-L-L-I-A-N-M-A-A-S-B-A-C-K-M-A-N.com. I I know, what was I thinking? 
I should have cut that down a long time ago. So you need to get those in as soon as possible, or you can go to Imagine Publicity to get all the written contest rules. And the way we're going to choose these is by throwing them in a hat and making a drawing. I figured that was the best and most random way to do it because all of these causes are just as important as everyone else. The only thing you need to remember is that you have to have someone in your organization that can speak well on your behalf for your organization. Because this is going to be a radio interview, I'm going to highlight one nonprofit from each one of those categories every week for four weeks. So you need to be able to talk on the radio. And if you've never done that, I'll help you figure out how to do that so you can articulate your message to the masses as best we can. So I want you to tell your friends, post the information from Imagine Publicity anywhere you'd like. Please be respectful of everyone. I'm not looking for vulgar kind of places or profit organizations. It's only for registered nonprofit organizations that qualify in those four categories. So I'm looking forward to seeing you next week, and I'll give you an update of where we're at and possibly announce the first winner and person that we're going to highlight the 1st of July. But remember, between now and then, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you next week, same time, same place, Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before. Just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already. 